0: Please note that the topics, issues and areas discussed in this podcast may cause distress to some listeners, as well as the possible use of bad language. Listener discretion is advised. Hello and welcome back to Addressing the Elephant the Mental Health podcast. My name is Rachel and thank you so much for joining us and having conversations and normalising a space to have conversations about mental health health so stemming from that you know this podcast is all about normalizing conversations about mental health and what I want to talk about today is ways that I normalize my mental health if that makes sense maybe not they're not really things well some of them are things that I don't really think about but I've had people mention it to me and I'm like I don't know I just It's it's something I do. So, um, yeah, I'm just going to have a a conversation about some of the things that I do um, in relation to normalizing my mental health. And I suppose the idea from this podcast or for this episode today um, came from a conversation I had with someone recently, which is I've said on this podcast before that I am on uh, medication for my mental health. I'm on antidepressants and I refer to it as my medication because it's medication that I need to help me stabilize my mood I, I never thought anything twice about it I just it was like yeah it's my medication. and it was when I said it to someone that they were like I love that you call it your moodication I was like why it's, that's what it is but I suppose it's on one side I'm being open about the fact that I'm taking medication for my mood and again that's removing like because if I said oh I have to take my meds um, people might think oh yeah she's taken, you know she's on the pill or she's taken blood pressure medication or whatever it may be but by referring to it as moodication it kind of inherently relates to the fact that it's for my mood and I would have never thought about the fact that I'm referring it to moodication being normalizing it but I suppose it is and I think it's a way that not only I used to normalize talking about my medication for my mood but also normalizing it in conversations with other people if that makes sense I know I'm just kind of repeating what I've been saying but like on a previous episode with Joseph before he mentioned that why should he his taking of medication um, for his mood be any different to someone needing an inhaler for asthma we just need to remove the stigma around the fact that some people need to take medication for their mental health Some people need to take medication for asthma. Some people need to take medication for blood pressure, so on and so forth. It's fine to need to take medication for your mood, for your mental health. Another thing that I do to normalize talking about my mental health is I've done it for a few years now. And again, I don't think twice about it now, but I'm actually quite open in explaining it. And the idea is that I gave my mental health a name. And the name I gave my mental health is Kevin. Um, so I don't necessarily have a Kevin in my life. I mean, I, I know mm-hmm. some Kevin and stuff, but I don't have a Kevin in my life that I don't know why I picked the name Kevin. Let's let's start out with that. I don't know why it was just whatever name that came to me. It's the name that I have. But I suppose the important thing is that it it's not a name of someone directly in my life that may cause me happiness or stress or something like that so for example if I had a friend called Bob and Bob pisses me off half the time I'm not going to call my mental health Bob because I might inherently think of that Bob every time I refer to my mental health being Bob so my mental health is called Kevin and I suppose the reason I call my mental health Kevin is I'm going to take the side of um, anxiety so I would suffer from anxiety. Um, I would have suffered a lot more when I was uh, younger but now I've kind of I I mean I'm still anxious but I am able to manage it a lot more and I'm also claustrophobic. So for those of you who don't know what claustrophobia is it's a, a fear or a anxiety that comes up from being in enclosed spaces so for example if I was in a packed elevator or like getting stuck in an elevator is one of my worst fears sometimes I can you know talk myself out of it and so I'm not I wouldn't say I'm that severe um with claustrophobia but that's another tangent but anyways so there's times when I'm anxious so if I'm anxious because of my claustrophobia that makes logical sense to me I know why I'm anxious and I I know how to get past it or something like that but then there's the times that I'm anxious anxious for no reason whatsoever. It's completely irrational anxiety. It makes no sense. I don't know why I'm anxious, but when I'm in these anxious states, it's it's all my fault. I'm shy. I no one likes me. Whatever I'm anxious about, it's like it's my fault that I didn't get that promotion or, you know, uh, my friends don't like me. That's why I'm always alone. I'll be forever alone. Um, and I just get these repetition uh, like thoughts over and over and over in my head um relating to whatever I'm anxious about but sometimes th- there's no rational reason for me to be anxious in that moment I just might wake up in the morning and I'm super anxious or I might be sitting at my desk and all of a sudden I get hit by this wave of anxiety and so when I'm in these anxious states again like I said it's my brain tells me it's always my fault when I'm not in these anxious states when I'm I don't want to say normal because there's nothing abnormal about... I I don't want to give the idea that struggling with your mental health is abnormal. Because it's probably more normal than not struggling with your mental health. I'd say more people do. When I'm in my uh, everyday fine state and I'm not in an anxious state, I know it's not me. And I know it's not my fault that I feel that way. I know it's my anxiety. When I'm in an anxious state, that gets blurry. So the reason I gave my mental health a name... so when I'm in these anxious states I can just say Kevin is being a dick today and that allows me to remove how I'm feeling about who I am and what it is about me so it's not undermining me as a person I'm not saying oh I'm shit and no one likes me and all that sort of stuff I know it's this external factor Kevin that I can't help why I feel like I feel It is not like I cannot help that I'm anxious today and I cannot help all of the repercussions that are coming in because of my anxiety. So I say that Kevin's being a dick today. It removes it from me. Like I know my mental health is involved with me, but it is something I'm not going to say external, but it's something different. And by giving my mental health a name. So when I refer to Kevin, Kevin isn't just about my anxiety. Kevin is my mental health as a whole. So if I'm having a really good day, you know, Kevin's being supportive. If I'm having a bad day. Kevin's being a dick <laughs> um, but Kevin is also like a defense mechanism and all that sort of stuff so it's also helpful for me having named my mental health in now talking to people so for example I would tell people that my mental health is called Kevin so if a friend was to come up to me and be like hey I want to talk to you about Kevin we both kind of know where we're at and sometimes I mean I'm going to keep using the example of anxiety because that is the I'm going to keep it consistent so if someone came up to me and said hey I want to talk to you about your anxiety that's going to make me anxious instantly Whereas if someone comes up to me and says hey can we talk about Kevin there's there's for me anyways that's a, that's a little easier for me to prepare for because um, I know the ins and outs and I know what's expected for my friends sometimes I can be like oh well I'm sorry I'm having a Kevin day and they understand what I mean by having a Kevin day that you know my mental health is at me and I, I'm sorry or sometimes I might need extra justification or, not justification, extra validation. Like, I might need someone to say, okay, look, I, I I need you to tell me that I'm okay. Or it's that Kevin is eating at my brain and Kevin is at me so much. So not only is it easier for me to talk to people by saying, hey, can I talk to you about Kevin? Or, hey, I'm having a Kevin day. But also that people can approach me and say, hey, can we talk about Kevin? And having this normalized conversation about my mental health is making it easier for me to bring it into the open um, okay, now I'm at a point where I'm like, yeah, I have anxiety or I, I, I struggle with depression. But a few years ago, when I named my mental health, it wasn't as easy for me to talk about. So, I mean, right now, I, in theory, would talk about both. But I do use the term my friend Kevin all the time. Uh, fun fact, I actually wrote a children's book called My Friend Kevin um, about uh, talking about mental health with young people. Uh, I'm just trying to get it illustrated. <laughs> so stay tuned for that one, I guess. And so a third thing that I use, shall we say for want of a better word, for normalising mental health is, it's actually an analogy I got from someone a couple of years ago, so I, I struggled with my mental health, as, as I've said multiple times, I feel like I'm a broken record at this stage, and I was talking to this guy and he told me this story, and while I know this story was absolute bullshit. Like I know it was just a story made up to get the purpose across. but it stuck with me for probably 10 years now. so that shows you the feeling that the story had on me. So what it was is there was this I don't know African South American tribe. it doesn't necessarily matter. There was this tribe that they used to catch monkeys and by to do this they used to get a jar, uh, fill it with nuts, tie it to a tree. And so the monkeys would come along, put their hand in the jar, grab the nuts, grab the seeds, whatever was in it. And by grabbing them, their hand would now be a fist. And now their jar, their hand would be stuck in the jar because it wouldn't come back out of the neck of the jar. And so then the monkeys were stuck. The tribespeople would come along, kill them, eat them, whatever whatever they were doing with the monkeys. But the idea is that this monkey was stuck because they were holding on to what was keeping them stuck. So simply by letting go of the the seeds the nuts whatever it was their hand would have then fit out the jar and they would have gone on their merry way so that's specifically the monkey part of it but the idea behind it is that if we are stuck and we are holding on to the things that are keeping us stuck in that place we're never going to be free we're never going to be able to move on for it and by slowly letting go of what is keeping us there it'll help us move on and progress and stuff like that. So I mean, channel your inner inner Elsa all you want, let it go. But it's the idea that, say a friend said something bad about me and I was just stuck and I was angry about it and the friend had moved on, whatever. I'm stuck in that place because I'm not ready to let it go. But simply by letting it go, processing it, getting over it, it, it's allowing me to move on and it's allowing me to progress and, you know, not be stuck in that place. So again it sounds a bit weird but um when I came back from Canada last year as I mentioned before um I wasn't in an okay space and there was a few things that I'd been holding on to and that were upsetting me and and so on and so forth and I I rang one of my friends and I said any chance um you would indulge me in a stupid activity and it was that i wanted to buy a bag of hazelnuts or a bag of peanuts or cashew nuts whatever whatever nuts i felt like buying and that i was going to take each whatever it was cashew hazelnut whatever and i was going to attribute to this this seat this nut what was bothering me something that was there so whether it was like this thing happened and it really fucking annoyed me and i put it all into this We're going to say cashew nuts. I'd put it all into this cashew nut and I'd throw this cashew nut into the sea, into the water, into a fire, whatever it is to get rid of this cashew nut. And that's me letting go of this thing that I have now attributed to this nut. Now, I know it's it's not as easy as that, but that was what I wanted to do. And I mean, on one side, I was like, oh, I could just eat the nuts because, you know, food waste and all that. But I think that would be counterintuitive for me to be like, okay, I'm attributing this negative thing to this peanut and now I'm going to eat it. Because it's going back inside me. So while yes, it is a it is a waste of food. I'm afraid. I, I it was a way I wanted to process things and I wanted to get rid of the little things. Now I know if someone has like deep rooted trauma or something like that, talking to a peanut and throwing it away <laughs> is not going to help it and is not going to um, be that easy. It's not going to be like oh, I wake up in the morning like you know this thing that has fucked me up for four years. I'm going to talk to a peanut and throw it away and then I'm I'm fine. I understand that that's not the base, but it's it's a way to start in a way to be able to start processing and moving through things. So whether you want to use my my peanut analogy, um, go buy yourself a bag of peanuts, go buy yourself a bag of cashews, whatever it is, and attribute all these little things and start throwing them away. It's just about finding the ways that help you process what you need to process. And sometimes it's starting as small as a peanut and not trying to deal with everything at once and trying to process it bit by bit by bit and the surface level stuff that i mean sometimes like it it seems that the surface level stuff is what's really annoying me and oh yeah this is all and i can't get past all of these little bits to actually get to what is hurting me on the inside so whether it's like you know she said this about me or he treated me this way or whatever there's something deeper than that, for me anyways, in my experience, that it's not necessarily about the fact that, okay, he treated me this way. It's my inner perception of who I am and it's my inner feeling of my worth that is the the, the bigger issue in inverted commas for what, we, what we're going to say. So I need to get rid of the junk before I can process and try and evaluate the deeper stuff and the deeper stuff that is keeping me stuck um again like i suppose one thing could be the fact that i am now open and i talk to people about my mental health that is something that i never ever used to do and now i'm at a point that i do so that is definitely definitely something that that helps me and i suppose I started reading this um, this book yesterday, actually, just last night, and it's uh, it was called Nothing You Don't Already Know, and it was um, written by a guy who, he runs an Instagram account called Purposologist, and he kind of talks about, you know, finding purpose, and but one of the things he put in the book was, never underestimate the importance of having a place where you can show up as you are, where your whole self is welcome, and not just a part of yourself, and so when I read that last night um, I started thinking about where I feel like I'm whole and actually I started gravitating towards people that make me feel whole and who I can who can who I can unapologetically be my true self with and who know things about me and I actually messaged the, the reason I could read that so quick was because I messaged it to a friend last night because when I read it it made me think of her because no matter what i talk to her about i always feel that i can have a really good conversation with her and that like no matter what i tell her she's not going to judge me or she's not going to treat me differently no matter what i fucking tell her uh, but uh she's a wonderful human being so um if you're listening you know who you are because you would have been the one that got the text message. and so underestimating the importance of having a place where you can be you like so many of us are constantly trying to live up to some image that other people find important and it's exhausting. So by finding a place where we can be who we are and a place where we feel whole, a place where we feel home, you know, it it, it it's a massive benefit, I know, for me. So I suppose if you if you don't have a space and you can't find a space like this, create one. Create your space where you feel That you can unapologetically be yourself. And I suppose one other thing that I did read in the book, I know this isn't necessarily a way to normalize mental health, but it is a way for us to kind of help and process it in a way. So if we can normalize it with ourselves and process it within ourselves, that kind of helps us normalize it and being open about it with other people. Um, So the notion is dive deep into your fear, face it, embrace it, make friends with it. This doesn't mean that you'll no longer have fear, it means fear will no longer have you and on one side part of me wants to go in and try and you know explain or analyze this this notion but I also think it's very important for me not to and for it to be a space for whoever's listening to this podcast to maybe take the time to think about what is what is the fear that they need to you know dive into face and embrace so I I think I'll just leave that with you um to have a think about it. Um so yeah, I am gonna leave you with that thought. As always, if you want to be involved in the podcast, please do reach out to us on social media. We are at thegreenelephant.ie on Facebook and Instagram and at Green on Twitter. I will be honest, I don't fully know how to use Twitter, but I'm trying. So <laughs> do do reach out and we would be delighted to have conversations and we'd be delighted to have people on the podcast. Yeah, so as always thank you so much for listening. And have a wonderful week. And we look forward to chatting to you next time. Address the elephant in the room. Your mental health matters.